Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. Going to tuck it and fight his way. The surge pushing him down to the two and into the end zone for the touchdown. It was a pile driving touchdown run by Josh Allen from six yards out. Chris Brown on the call right there on the Buffalo Bills radio network. That run was from the six yards. He said six yards out, right? That's what Chris said. All right, six yards. So that's part of our red zone stats. Let's get to our red zone stats. They're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Rush to the Tops Red Zone for winning savings. The Bills in the red zone. One for two, 50%. Chiefs, two for three, 67%. You want to get into the red zone more than twice. 50% isn't great, but you only got there twice. You want to get into the red zone more than twice with the Bills. Generally a good red zone team. Two for three for the Kansas City Chiefs. 67% for them on the day. Those are your red zone stats brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Rush to the Tops Red Zone for winning savings. Hi, it's the Extra Point Show. Buffalo Victory Monday here on WGR on a Buffalo Football Monday. Presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. By Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest.com. And by Speed Global. Around the corner or around the world, Speed delivers. We got a lot going on today. We'll got a lot more of your phone calls coming. We could talk about the reaction to the Kansas City from the Kansas City Chiefs side. And of course, simply the win for the Buffalo Bills. And the reaction from the Bills side in the locker room. In case you're just tuning in, thanks. Good first hour. Welcome into the second hour here. We are live on the WGR Facebook page. Facebook.com slash WGR550. Hi. We could talk about the Game itself in any capacity or even the reaction for the Buffalo Bills after the game and talking about head coach Sean McDermott and player after player saying he has our back, we have his. 803-0550, the number to call. Let's waste no time. By the way, Taylor was there yesterday. You saw her on TV, right? Taylor Swift. Catherine Fitzgerald of the Buffalo News. She was standing in the hallway and she tweeted out some video she has of Taylor walking in just as the Bills were kind of leaving the hallway area to go in the tunnel down to the field for some pregame warm-ups and she was walking in. I didn't see her unfortunately I would have liked to have seen Taylor didn't see her I was already on the field for that uh while she was there so good job by Catherine to catch catch that though let's go to Steph 
in Olean. What's up, Steph? What's up, Sal? Hey, buddy. I uh, just want to touch on two things here. Um, the play calling right before the two-minute warning. Um, yeah, we would have liked to have seen them run the ball, but I think that, that first play where they threw it to the sideline to Diggs, yes. I think that was kind of a running play. Agreed with you, yes. They didn't they didn't expect him to drop it, and that, yeah. that should have been a sure play to get a yard or two and keep the clock running. Agreed. So I think they're planning – yeah, like, like you said, I think they're planning there was to run the ball that way. Good point. Um, now let's let's get into this this offensive offsides. Um, I know you're really connected to the league and stuff, and you know all that. Um, is there any reason why they wouldn't, or maybe they will now, just blow every pre-snap offensive penalty dead, so that teams don't have an excuse to whine and cry about it when it <laughs> turns out I, like this? I, I, I don't. I, I don't think you'll do that, Steph. We had a caller call earlier and have the exact same question, kind of that you and why they don't do that. And I guess it's just because it's not. It's not impacting the start of the play, really, right? I mean, you're going to let the play play out because you're also, if the defense makes a play, you want to give them an opportunity to be able to keep that play on the board, right? Because it's not something where he just started running free before the snap. He's just lined up wrong. So if that's the case, it's the same thing with an illegal formation. We don't stop the illegal formation, which is this kind of what it was, because you allow the defense still to make a play as well because you could be hurting them by blowing it dead. No, I I see that. I understand that point. But, I mean, either way you look at it, I mean, something can happen on a play that is going to be penalized anyway. Mm-hmm. And to avoid anything, just, I mean, if it's a pre-snap offensive penalty, just kill it. I mean, it just yeah. avoids all the controversy. Yeah, I wonder it, if we'll get some talk about that, Steph, to be honest with you. And uh, thanks. I'm not as connected to the league as you think, but I do go to the owners' meetings and I stay on top of that. So I appreciate your thought on that. But we'll see if they um, have something on the books and – you know, maybe this year because of this, maybe the Chiefs will propose it, right? That's what happens sometimes. You propose a rule because a rule wound up screwing you or something. I don't know. Billy in Toronto. What's up, Billy? Uh, how you doing, Sal? Good, bud. Yeah, Sal, I, I, I couldn't agree more, um, you know, with the crying coming out of Kansas City. It just goes to show you when you stop winning, um, you know, you, 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 Patrick Mahomes doesn't seem to be this saint all of a sudden. I thought it was pure Bush League what he did to, uh, did to Josh. But, um you know, I, I did mention to you last week about running the clock down a little bit more. And, and again, I've seen it happen this week. I mean, the, the Bills have got to get with two minutes left in the game and with Mahomes getting the ball back, in my estimation, it's either we score and you don't get the ball back or we don't score and you still don't get the ball back. I mean, you got to take it down to the last minute because we know what Mahomes has, um, you know, done to us over the years. But, so I'll tell you, the one thing that I was really impressed with, and I was saying this when – when they completed that play on the offside, that play by Kansas City, you got to admit that was pure genius. Oh, it's amazing. I, was saying to myself, I mean, Josh Allen said it was. Josh Allen said it was one of the. Well, I won't use the word. I won't get in trouble. He said it was an amazing play coming from Josh Allen. Right? He was like, it's incredible. It was incredible. So it was a great play. It was a great heads up play by Kelsey. And I guess someone told me this. I don't know this for sure, Billy. Someone told me he has said on his podcast before that he wants to be in that situation to do that. He's a former quarterback. And he got a chance, and he did it, and good for him, but obviously didn't count. Yeah, well, and, and, and the thing is, too, I was saying to myself, I, I, you know, we looked like we had him stop, and I said, watch out, Bill. Watch out. Kansas City has something funky. They always do this. Yeah, but that that wasn't a designed play, though. By the way, Billy, that was just Mahomes in the moment. Okay. Well, well. well anyway, just to take it take it back to what, what the one thing that I've always thought about football, and I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with me on this. We see it happen at the end of a game when a team's down, 
down, you know, five or six points or, and, and they need a touchdown and it's desperation time and they, they start laddering the, the ball all over the play, place. Why don't they have set plays in the, in the NFL where, where you have these sort of like rugby-style plays where you flip it just because it's not the last play of the game? You can lateral back and forth two, three, four, five times against a stifling defense and, and kind of control them that way. I'm not saying do it all the time, but set it up as one of your one of your your trick plays instead of the flipping it back to the quarterback. Lateral a bunch of times and take something out of out of the rugby game. Well, you could, you could, you could probably, you could probably see the danger in that, right? I would hope. I mean, you know, the more times you do that with people who are just running around and getting hit all over the place, you're gonna, you know, have a chance. And once the ball hits the ground, it's live. It's not a dead ball. It's a fumble, right? So, no, I disagree. I don't think you should do that regularly. Um, but by the way, teams do practice that. They do practice that play at the end of the game. You see it at training camp a lot. I mean, it's it's just it's hard to practice and replicate and all that because you know you're you're going against a live defense. But no, I, I don't. I mean, one one lateral, like a hook and lateral, yeah, it's worked in this league. But I, I wouldn't advocate doing that. You know, just back and back and keep lateraling back and forth. What are you gaining by that? There's more danger to me. The ball's going to hit the ground eventually. It's going to be a fumble. So, you know, I, I understand. By the way, the tush push play has put a lot of this rugby talk into our um, NFL vocabulary as of late. And the Bills had. I just played that um, that play by Josh Allen. What do they call that? Somebody said that's the snow, the snowplow, <coughs> the snowplow, not the tush push. Right? We're having all those guys push Allen in the end zone. By the way, watch that play. I don't, but I don't love. I I wish the NFL would, and, and this would negate Josh's touchdown. He couldn't do it. I don't like the the pushing from behind play. I hey, it's on the rules, and let Philly do it because it's on the rules. I don't like it not because oh my god, that's not football. I just think it should be fall under the aiding the runner rule. Like, you're aiding the runner forward. So, that said, go watch that play. I think it's David Edwards. Who was it? Someone, I can't remember. Connor McGovern. I think it's McGovern, maybe. Spencer Brown. One of the offensive linemen, sorry. Um, As Josh is being pushed in the end zone, he went to grab Josh and pull him, but then he put his hands up like, no, 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 I'm not doing that, because you can't do that. That would have been a penalty. But pushing him in, and Josh, because he's so big, he got over the goal line, and, and that was a obviously a, um, a touchdown for the Bills. Ian in Rochester. Hi, Ian. You're on the Extra Point Show. Hey, Sal. I just wanted to uh, say, you know, I really hate that this has turned out this way because if uh, if they didn't react that way to that penalty, then it's just a penalty. We go on with our lives and we can really enjoy the, the good parts of the game. But because they chose to react that way, uh, I think Josh Allen's performance is, is not being – really highlighted like it should be i mean that run yeah. he had into the touchdown that could be on kyle brandt's ang- angry run yeah and then uh when josh allen is backpedaling towards that sign uh, sideline i mean he's almost out of bounds he's yeah. off balance throws a 30 yard complete I'm, right? I'm gonna be honest with you and that was like kind of right in front of me like it was maybe about 15 yards from my vantage point right there i was standing and i thought he was out of bounds and then I realized he wasn't right. Like as he was going, I'm like, "Oh no, are they gonna they gonna say his foot touch?" I couldn't believe he stayed in bounds and didn't keep his heel didn't come down. Yeah, I I agree. I thought it was out of bounds. I was watching it live too. I thought it was absolutely amazing. One of the, one of the best plays, you know. And that's that's just our quarterback. This is Josh Allen, and it's just a shame that those things are being, yep. uh, you know, kind of hidden. So I got you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Shane in New Jersey. Hi, Shane. Hey, Sal. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, 
big win yesterday. Excited, kind of saved the season. Obviously, uh, I'm heading up next week for the Dallas game, so I'm excited. But, All right, good for you, man. Uh, as we're uh, as the season is going on, uh, do we ever get official updates on Daquan Jones and Matt Milano? I know there was talks about them potentially coming back, and now that the playoffs are looking more and more realistic, or Week 18 could really mean a lot. Do we know what their injuries are and their statuses? We hadn't had an official, like, what exactly the injury is to Milano, but we do know from what Sean McDermott said, it doesn't look like he'll be able to return this year. Daquan Jones, he said he does think he can return this year, or he used verbiage like that a couple weeks ago. So um, I have not seen I know Matt's here in Western New York rehabbing, but I haven't seen him around the team, where I have seen Daquan around the team, and I wonder if he's... You know, I wonder at some point if they'll start opening his practice window because it is getting later. And Sean did indicate they do think they can still get Daquan back at some point, but probably not Matt. Thank you. You got it. 803-0550, the number to call here on WGR. What a game yesterday. I mean, it's just these two teams every single time they get together. So you're wondering probably about the Bills Going to Kansas City. Maybe you're not wondering. I don't know. But this has happened many times, right? The Bills go to Kansas City every year. Sal, why do the Bills go to the Chiefs every year? Well, it's because of a rotation. So here's how it works, okay? The NFL and the schedule, you play your division opponents, home and away each. And then one other conference division, AFC North, AFC South, AFC West, one other division, you play all teams from that division and you rotate. One year it's the South, then the North, then the West, then the South, then the North, then the West, then the South, then the, you get the point, right? And then every time you play them, every three years, you rotate which teams come home, come to your place, and you go there. So as you rotate all four teams in the AFC North, then the South, then the West, two will come to you. So let's say it's the AFC West, right, in this case. Kansas City... And um, Denver, the, the Chargers. That's where the Bills go. The next time they play them, it flips. Those two teams come to Buffalo. Bills go there. Okay, that's every three years. In between, you play one team from the other division you didn't play. So if you're playing all four from the AFC West, you play one team from the North and one team from the South, and that's determined by where you finish. And if you finish in the same spot, you play that team. And for two years in a row, you're going to go to one of them. So in two years in a row, you go to the AFC South, let's say. It's in your division. It's in your uh, spot where you finish. And then the net, and then two years after, that, the AFC West team comes to you. It's really, folks, just kind of luck that the Bills matched up with the AFC West same place finisher. and And on top of that, went to Kansas City in their normal rotation, which wound up three years in a row. Let's remember the Chiefs did come to Buffalo in the pandemic year. People forget about that. They were in Buffalo in 2020. And then the Bills went to Kansas City in 21, and in 22, and in 23. And that's based off one year because of the rotation, as normal, and two other years because the divisions matched up and the Bills went to the AFC West same place finisher. Could have been anybody. Happened to be Kansas City because they both finished in first place. Okay. That cannot happen now for a while. Next year, next year, the Bills will play at home the team that finishes in the same place as them in the AFC West this year. As of right now, that's looking like Denver. Second place Bills, second place Denver. Denver comes to Buffalo. Kansas City would go to Miami. 
because you're crossing over division. The Bills will not play Kansas City next year as of now. The only way they play them is in Buffalo, is if both teams obviously finish in the same spot. The year after that, I have to look. I believe it's, um, I believe, let me just, I got 2025 here. Where's the rotation? Okay, in 2025, same thing. If the Bills and Chiefs match up in the spot next year, West comes to East. In 2026, the Chiefs are coming to Buffalo. So, we know in 26 they're coming for sure. And in the next two years, they could come to Buffalo if they both finish in the same spot. You could get, conceivably, three years in a row of the Chiefs coming to the Bills. The Bills will not go to Kansas City in 24, 25, or 26. Kansas City might come to Buffalo in 24 or 25. They definitely will in 26. So there you go. I hope that... uh, Kind of clarified things, but it might have confused you more. I wrote about it. Go Google it. Uh, it's on It's on our website. I wrote about it last year. Just write in, why do the Bills go to the Chiefs every year? I have an article. I explain it in word form, what I just explained to you. Bottom line is, next year's opponents at home. Jags are coming. Titans are coming. Cardinals are coming. 49ers are coming. And then whoever finishes in the same spot as the Bills in the AFC West. And then the same thing the next year with different opponents and whoever finishes in the same spot as the AFC West. And then in 2026, two AFC West opponents come to Buffalo. That is Chiefs and Chargers. Let's go to Mark in West Seneca. Hi, Mark. Hey, Sal. How you doing? Good, thanks. Um, someone coming on both quarterbacks. And, you know, with, with Mahomes, I, I agree with everything that everyone's been saying. But I do want to put a little bit of balance. I, I listened to his entire press conference post game yesterday. Yep. And there were two things that he absolutely said that no one has mentioned on this show. Number one, he was very clear. I have no idea who would have won the game. So I think a previous caller had commented this this assumption that Chiefs would have won the game if they had scored. Well, Holmes definitely said, I have no idea if he would have won the game. And secondly, he also, you know, and I I do feel bad about the way he treated Allen on the field, but he did say in his post-game show, he said, look, that's Josh Allen on the other side of the field. Not only did that penalty take away from a moment from Chris Kelsey, it might have taken Travis. away a moment from Josh Allen coming down the field and getting a winning touchdown. He said mm-hmm. that. So just a little bit of balance that Mahomes, I, I mostly agree that it wasn't a good day for him yesterday, but you know, it wasn't, he wasn't entirely bad. There were some things in there and maybe people should listen to his whole post game show before going crazy piling on him anyway. I got you. Well, I appreciate the perspective. I still think it was embarrassing behavior. Yep. Yep. I, I, I appreciate that though. And for him to recognize Josh in post game um, is great. You know, but it's 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 not going to be the thing that's talked about because what he also did was basically, you know, whine about the, the play, at a, a correct call. What gets me more than anything, this was not a mistake by the official. It's one thing to say, I can't believe it's a judgment call. It's not a judgment call. What gets me more than anything, though, Mark, is him and Andy Reid acknowledge it was a penalty, but yet they're telling you it shouldn't have been called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just providing a, a I got you, buddy. I got balance, you. But I, I but do I, appreciate it. But, but I do agree. With Josh Allen, you know, we're, you know, speaking of balance, uh, you know, I think we're always kind of riding this balancing act with Josh between, you know, the, the brain fart plays and wanting Josh to be Josh. And I'm starting, you know, as I watch yesterday's game in particular, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe he's starting to find the right balance. And, you know, if it's if it's first down, if it's second down, if you're playing an inept offense, if you're deep in your own territory, you can't do the stupid plays that he does way too many of. 
But you know what, though? If it's, if it's third down and you're playing the Chiefs and you're on their side of the field and, you know, you don't need punts. And, I, you know, the interception, it, it wasn't – obviously the interception was not a good pass. But you know what? It became a scramble play. I'd rather Josh mm-hmm. force the ball and try anything than just throw it out of bounds, take a sec, and punt. And I think if he's – you know, and I was – you know, another media person thought the interception was horrendous and we could have flipped the field. It's like, what are we, what are we talking about here? Like I want in that situation, I want Josh to be Josh. And you know what? Yeah. It worked with Murray. It worked even yeah. if he passed it Kincaid. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're going to want those like, plays, made the difference on that field goal. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. If you don't no, know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. If you're going to want those plays and accept them, you got to accept the other side, which is what you're saying. Yeah. There's, there's a time and place for it. There's a time and place not for it. And if Josh can learn that balance, holy cow! Like yeah. he he could be he could be the best in the league. So um, that's what I wanted to say. He might be the best in the league already, without you know with and it is the balance. So the, the balance is you're gonna you're gonna have the wild swings. That's the balance. He's gonna give you great plays and then you know throw one like oh my god why did he do that? But I, I'll take it as well. Steve is back with us, who had the dad joke earlier and he dropped. Go ahead, Steve. I didn't do that on purpose because of your joke. I promise. Uh, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, just one to two things. Like one, I want you know, definitely liked um, the defense at the end, uh, especially McDermott's play calling. Because when it came down to it, I was nervous. I'm like, oh great, here we go again. Bills are going to drop another one. But um, well, I like McDermott's play calling. Uh, it worked. That was awesome. Um, one thing um, I saw Kansas City Chiefs fans were complaining that Von Miller was off slides. He was not. Uh, the Chiefs. No, he wasn't because um, they showed – I saw a replay on um, Twitter, or excuse me, X, and he, Von Miller timed it perfectly. So I definitely got to give – Yeah, I, I talked about that earlier. Mitchell Schwartz actually – Mitchell Schwartz, who played for the Chiefs, pointed out that it was – he was not offside. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely um, have to give credit to the defense you know, on that last series and McDermott um, for the play calling. Gotcha, Steve. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling back. Appreciate it. Let's go to Bob in Florida. Hi, Bob. Hey, Sal, great show. Thanks for explaining that KC schedule um, conflict thing we have. Uh, yeah. But you, you mentioned it. that uh, the Jags will be coming to us next year. Yep. Is it really, or are we going to London again? That's the question. Well, I don't know. That That's not determined for a while, right? But um, yeah. uh, next year, the next year they'll probably give more. I mean, the, the, the NFC will be mostly the hosts of the international games. It doesn't mean the AFC can't. But because the NFC has more of the home games, has that extra home game next year, they'll be more of the host. So it could happen, of course. You never know. But yeah. it wouldn't be for the Jags' home game, of course, which they play every year because that'll be the Bills will be playing them here. It was a joke because I think our home game was a lot, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. But, but honestly, thanks for explaining that because you got it. we were all wondering what's going on. But, hey, on this um, Tony thing with his foot being over the line, the, the, the Mahomes and Reed are a joke in that. At 154, like not even 30 seconds prior to that, they had the same lineup with a different receiver in the same spot. He looked at the official to make sure. They know what to do. Yeah, also, do. on the actual play where Tony was over the line, take a look at the right tackle. It looks like there's a tight end lined up. It's the yeah. right tackle line way in the backfield, whole game. Yep. His, his helmet should be where? The center or the butt of the, of the center? And it's way back. That's an advantage that they didn't call all game, all on the same play. Agreed. Thank you for the show, and you're do a great show, guys. Thank Thanks. you. I appreciate that, Bob. He's right. I mean, you look at that, you could have called that too, but they generally let that go, and they didn't on that one. But, man, I, look, it. say what you will. 
You could be sitting there today going, yeah, I think the Chiefs have a point. That's fine. You want to think that? I'm just telling you, it's nice to be on the other side for once, right? It's nice to be on the other side uh, for once. And I'm, I'm, you take it and you run with it. And the Bills deserve credit for the way they played yesterday. They gutted out a win. It was not their best performance, but they got a win, and, and that was good to see. Let's go to Ryan in Buffalo. Hi, hi, Ryan. Sal, hey, how you doing? Three things. First off, I hope that thing went very well for you, and it was as easy as I told you. It was, <laughs> it was great. Thank you. Concert. Yes, okay. thank you. Yes. Um, it's, it's me from the concert. I love it. Uh, second, we second saw each thing. other way at uh, Jonas Brothers. It, we did. And that was a great <laughs> show, by the way. It was. I loved it. My daughter had a kick. Um, second thing, why didn't the Bills just stick with the run to run more time off the clock? Or is it? Or was that decision probably because it would have given Casey a little too much time? So, Are you talking about at the end of the game, fourth quarter? At the end of the game, fourth Sean, quarter. Sean, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott basically said he he acknowledged we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. They wanted seven points. I didn't agree with it. I I I think of like you do, but he was of the mindset to be aggressive to try and get seven points and not leave them time just to get a field goal to tie it, which is actually ultimately what happened anyway. They also remember they did throw that as a as a caller pointed out earlier. The first play was a screen to Diggs, which should be like a run play and keep the clock running, and that kind of screwed everything up. But his philosophy was we need seven points here. Um, yeah, I get it too. And I guess another philosophy thinking would have been, and this is another thinking, okay, we, we score, we don't knock time off. They get time, they yeah. possibly score. Then that gives us more time to then score again, if in case they come back and score. I mean, I guess they could have looked at it that way. The third thing is Josh Allen's response to, uh, Mahomes' comment at the end of the game should have been, oh, you guys had a bad call? Hold my beer. <laughs> right. I mean, you know what? I give Josh a lot of credit. He knew, he knew Patrick was upset, and he looked at him, and he just tapped him on the chest and let him go his way. So that's, right, that's go Bill. Josh. Take yeah, care, you man. got it, Ryan. Thanks. That was a good, that was a, uh, good concert, Jonas Brothers. Went to that last week. All right. Way to take a timeout. We'll come back. we still got about a half hour left. Got more of your phone calls on the way. Still got to get to sit up, stand down. Hey, buddy, a Buffalo Bills Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Football Monday, Buffalo Victory Monday here on WGR. How cool is it going to Travis Kelsey's jersey exchange? That was pretty cool. I think Goss was a little upset, but <laughs> I'm pretty excited, yeah. <laughs> that was Doss. Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. Dalton Kincaid got the jersey swap with Travis Kelsey at the end of the game, and I'm sitting there and talking to him. He's sitting in his locker, and I'm talking to him at post game. 
and I see the jersey right next to his locker, and it's kind of folded over, and it's a game-worn jersey, and it's autographed. And I'm like, hey, how cool is that? You get Travis Kelsey's jersey. And he's like, oh, man, it's really cool. You heard him say it there. And then he says, I think Dawson's jealous because Dawson Knox is standing right there. And then Dawson Knox, what you didn't hear was he looked over and he goes, you know, he did write DK on there, meaning like, hey, maybe it's for me, not for you, right? So it was really cool. Great moment. A lot of good vibes in the Buffalo Bills locker room and on the sidelines. And that is our extra point from the sidelines. It is brought to you by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. It was more in the locker room there, but the sidelines, seeing that happen and, you know, the vibes for the Buffalo Bills. Again, the third year in a row that they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, 20-17. to the final score over the Chiefs. Let's go to Tim and Clarence. Hi, Tim. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Uh, Long-time Bills fan. Look, I was just going to ask you, uh, you know, I know they complain about the, the penalty in this, but I forgot, I thought it was toward the end of the game, I don't know if it was Von Miller or whoever, but they looked like they sacked Mahomes and then he threw the ball. And I, I'm saying, how come they didn't call him down and throw him a, a penalty for, you know, throwing the ball away? So I think about Josh last week when he got horse collared, and you know that was a BS thing too. So I yeah, really I mean they just they just ruled that he wasn't down. That's all. It really came down to it. I, and I get it, Tim. I thought he was too, but they ruled he wasn't. And I think they might have looked at it. I'm not really sure from upstairs. It's you know inside two minutes, but um, they did. They, but they didn't rule him down, and they also didn't rule him in the grasp. And Josh, the previous few series before that, I think Josh was ruled in the grasp. Right? He was almost, like that. They had him. Yeah, and that's that's what bothered me. It wasn't. That, that's, I think, what you're saying, too, right? Is that, yeah, why, why did he not have the same call where Josh had, you know, been ruled down and in, 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 in the grasp and, and Patrick wasn't? Right. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but that's the inconsistencies, right? Yeah. And, and real quick, too, do you think, I mean, I heard a little bit today, but about Diggs, and I know it's very complicated, but good receivers do find a way to get open. Do you think he's lost a little bit? He's tired? Uh, or what's your take about that? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, he's just still he's still one of the best receivers in the league. He's still got great numbers. It's a long season. He thir- he just turned thirty years old. You could maybe point to, hey, you know, it's 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 more of a grind on his body. There could be an argument for that. I I think what's really happening is teams are just taking him away more. They're they're, they're concentrating on him more, and that's why you see so many other guys, you know, getting you know targets out of the Bills' backfield, tight ends, things like that. And now, you know. I'd like to see Stefan Diggs be more productive than he was yesterday. That's for sure. Four catches, 24 yards. But at the same, and the longest pass was nine yards. He can't, that, that's the other part of it. It's not just that the volume, it's down the field. We're not really seeing that. So maybe we'll see a little bit more of that next few weeks, I hope. But I, I think it is something that, you know, you have to kind of think about, but probably more so what the defense is doing to him. Let's go to Antonio in North Tonawanda. Hi, Antonio. What's going on? Uh, you know, just hanging out talking to you, pal. I had a question about what your thoughts are with the playoff scenarios because looking at the schedule and other teams' schedules doesn't look very realistic even if we went out unless Amy drops games to us and No, I think that's Warren. complete no, I think that's completely wrong. If they win out, they're in. I think if they go three and one, they're still in. Why why do you think why 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 would you think it's I mean, all these teams, a bunch of these teams are playing each other too, remember? But in some scenarios, it doesn't really help us out too well. I'm sorry, what's that? One of them's bound to win. And yeah, and one's bound to lose. Yeah. I mean, you got, you, got, you got a bunch of teams at 7-6, and six, okay? Um, you got, what, six teams at 7-6. and six. 
Uh, you look at look at Cincinnati. They're playing the Vikings, the Steelers, which are also seven and six. Someone's got to lose there. If the Bills win out, they're beating out the teams that lose in these scenarios. You know what I mean? But we also lose tiebreakers to Cincinnati and the Broncos. That's two wild card spots if they and they got pretty lenient schedules. And Browning looks like got the Bengals pretty good position as well. Correct. So again, again, I'll, I'll say it again. You just said if they win out, they probably gonna lose. That is not that is not the case. I mean, you could have Cincinnati win out. You could have Denver win out. I mean, I don't know. I just think the odds of those things happening are probably not. And if that does happen, you still have other teams. You have one more team you could catch. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I think, Antonio, I think if they go 3-1, and one, they get in. But if they go 4-0, oh, they definitely get in. Be right on that one. Yep. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Let's go to Dave in Rochester. Hi, Dave. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for uh, taking my call. You got it. Quick question regarding the uh, use of the timeout. Uh, at the end of the first half. Uh, I just don't understand why McDermott uh, blew them and then the Bills get the ball back. They're trying to make something happen and the clock's running out and they don't have any timeouts now. Well, let me, let me, let me figure, let me find the, um, let me find the timeouts before I go down this road and try to explain or see what happened here. Uh, they get the ball. When, I, well, I think it may have been around when Hyde got hurt. I'm not sure exactly. <clears throat> well, that, that cost them a timeout, I believe, when Hyde got hurt. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think Romo. Yeah, I think Romo said they had to like use it uh, to make sure Tide was okay. Yeah, but they had already they had already used their three timeouts before they got the ball, right? Yeah. Okay. No, actually, they had that was another that was a timeout that wasn't actually they had already used their timeouts even before Hyde got hurt. I'm looking at the play by play now. Just forgive me. I'm um, looking at the play by play. They had actually already used it. Okay, so the Bills used timeouts on defense to try and get the ball back. That's what they did. So, I I mean, if you want to call that burning them, they're trying to get the ball back. They called timeouts. So, I mean, that's why they did. They they used their first one. I'm going to try and find. You know what they did? They used their first one when there was something going on with the play clock. So, that's obviously on them. You don't want that to happen. That's on the offense. I don't mind using number two and number three inside two minutes on defense because you're trying to get the ball back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But it just sucks that they had none left, you know. Well, it does. But, I mean, you got to choose either – if you don't do it then, then you're going to probably get the ball back with very little time. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Thanks, Dave. I mean, that, that would be my explanation. They had first and 25 at the Buffalo 41. They complete a pass. The Bills call timeout. 152 left. Next play, second and eight, Buffalo 24. They complete a pass. Buffalo calls timeout. Oh. <coughs> Here's where I made a mistake, and I'm sorry. Hyde was injured twice, and one of them that did cost them their third timeout. So they didn't burn it, but they had to because of by the rules. But I, I'm okay with using timeout. I had more of I had more of an issue with how they played the sequence with play calling than I did with timeouts. You didn't have three timeouts left, but the play calling could have been different. I had more of an issue with that. I thought the Bills were discombobulated. They could have played that much differently, much better. And we could debate the 62-yard field goal attempt, not not trying it. I, I, I would love to see Tyler Bass, you know, get that opportunity. In that moment, Sean McDermott's thinking, you know, the chances are that he's might not probably not going to make that, and I'd rather not have a block or the other, ball's got to come out low. And again, not saying he's right. I would have liked to seen Tyler Bass have the shot at the 62-yard field goal. So I didn't like that decision, but that's probably what went into his decision, which is we got a one-score lead. If we kick it and it's low and it's blocked and it goes the other way, which is very, you know, doesn't happen very often, but it could. That's probably why he thought that I had more of an issue with the play calling and the sequence there than I did with the timeout usage. We'll take a timeout here. Speaking of that, we'll come back. 
We have sit up, stand down, hey buddy, and a quick look ahead to two Monday night games tonight here on a Buffalo Victory Football Monday. is down the kick by joseph is right down the middle and we have points in las vegas a three nothing lead for the minnesota vikings <laughs> i mean three nothing right three nothing vegas against the vikings raiders against the vikings by the way, the Raiders, because they were getting three, they were one of my three-dog Thursday picks. They cost me a 3-0 and week. I was 2-0-1. I pushed that game because of it. I had the Bears getting points. They won on the field. I had the Broncos getting points. They won on the field. You know who else won on the field? The Jets. Big, big result for the Bills yesterday. And that one guy just called up about the playoff chances for the Bills and where they stand. And that was a big win for the Jets, J-E-T-S, and the Bills actually beating the... Did I see... I didn't know this. Did I hear uh, C.J. Stroud's in concussion protocol? Is that the case? Thanks, Josh. I didn't know that until I heard that this morning. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that as well. You don't want to see that. You know, a young kid having a great, great year. All right. uh, Let's get to sit up, stand down, get to Hey Buddy as well. But if you haven't looked at the NFL standings, we just talked about this, I want you to focus on the division, not the conference. Because in the AFC North, right now, the Cleveland Browns are 8-5. and five. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 7-6. and six. Cleveland leads Pittsburgh 13 games into the season. Okay, They have played so far one time this year. And Cleveland beat Pittsburgh 13-10. So they have the tiebreaker as well as of right now. Okay, Josh Schmidt, Colin, intern Colin, do you guys know? When was the last time the Cleveland Browns Finished ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC North. What year? Take a guess. They didn't have to win it. They could finish third and fourth. It doesn't matter. When's the last time? What year? The Cleveland Browns finished ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC North. It's got to be like before the 2000s, right? I don't know. Was it? Is that what your guess is? No, it seems more more obvious than that. I'm going to... No, you know what? No, I'm going to go 1997. Why not? I don't don't know. Colin, you have a guess? I'll say... uh... 70. Wow, that'd be that's Whoa. before me. That's 51 years. Browns were a little bit better. Uh, at the, the Steelers, before they were great, they actually had some lean years. Listen, it's actually between you two, between the two. 1989. Wow, that's amazing. It's that's, amazing. That's a long time. I don't know how. I don't know how to do quick math like that. 1989 is the last time the Cleveland Browns finished ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the division. That is unbelievable. Now they did lose their team for four years. You said 97. They didn't even have a team in 97. By the way, they were out. But I get it. Um, they could do it this year. We'll see because I think Pittsburgh is in a free fall. They're finally losing the games they should lose. They lost to two teams with two wins, and Cleveland looks pretty good. So sit up. On the Browns finishing ahead of the Steelers for the first time since 1989. Let's go the opposite way. What I mean by that is you got this division where they're jockeying. Yeah, you got the same thing going on. in the. Have you guys looked at the NFC South standings? Have you looked at them? Here we go again with the NFC South. The leader of the NFC South is below 500. The leader of the NFC South is 6-7. and seven. The Bucks, the Falcons, and the Saints are tied at 6-7 and seven each. It's 
horrible again. Every year we go through this with the NFC South. What was last year's final? Let me see. Last year, NFC South. Winner, 8-9. and nine. You could have two years in a row where the winner is under 500 in the NFC South. So this Saturday, this past Saturday, I hosted Sports Talk Saturday for yep. Derek Kramer. One thing he does is he goes through the schedule and he picks out what we call the trombone champ of the week. Yes, yes, yes. My I pick this week was the Saints and the Panthers, and that ended up being better than the Vikings game somehow. So ah! I felt a little silly there, but it still <sighs> wasn't a great game. Man. The NFC South is just, it's just laughable at this point. I don't think the Titans have any chance at the Dolphins tonight, but you never know, right? I mean... Team, just a couple things go their way. You never know. But I think the Dolphins, to me, the Dolphins are going to just smack the Titans around tonight. They're going to win by a lot of points. We'll see. 8.15 p.m. Monday Night Football and Packers-Giants 8.15 p.m. Monday Night Football tonight. Are we carrying one of these games? No, we got the Sabres. We got Monday Night on the other channel. I'm not really sure. We got to check on that. 15.20 the bet. Check it out. All right. So, Titans-Dolphins, Packers-Giants, both tonight, 8.15. This is the first time the uh, NFL is doing this whole Start at the same time thing for Monday Night Football. Usually it's staggered. It's kind of a guinea pig. They're going to see how it works out. So check it out tonight. Titans, Dolphins. Obviously, if you're a Bills fan, you want the Dolphins to lose. I don't think it's going to happen tonight. All right, let's get to Hey Buddy. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. Hey, buddy. Dudes, you know this dude? What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Bunny, sit down. Who's my buddy this week? I'm your buddy, guy. He's your guy, friend. I'm your friend, buddy. On WGR. Blue, you're my boy! Sports Radio 550. So, I'm just going to go back to something I talked about on Friday with you, but I'm going to make um, this person and the other people my buddy. The picture that we I tweeted out last week, the young man who won the trench trophy, Marcus Harrison, right? You saw this picture. Pretty. It looks like, it looks like the Altuve judge picture with me standing next to him. This kid is 6'8", 330. He is going to the University of Georgia. That's right. He's from St. Francis High School right here in Buffalo. He's going to play for the Georgia Bulldogs. How cool is that? We don't get a lot of those kids. But you know what? It was a great night last Thursday. I mentioned the picture. I I congratulated Marcus Harrison on it. Marcus Harrison, St. Francis High School, winner of the Trench Trophy. Trench Trophy is very special to me. It was founded and started by my old high school football coach and athletic director, Carl Curris. Coach Curris passed away back in March. Uh, I'm, I'm still involved with it because it meant so much to him. And it means so much to me to be a part of something that he created with his legacy. But I just want to um, congratulate and make all of these young men my buddies who did a great job to get where they did. Such great young men that we met and had a chance at their banquet. These are the best offensive and defensive linemen in all of high school in Western New York. Sheldon Cunningham from Health Sciences. Aiden Devereaux from Jamestown. Sean Hanley from Lackawanna. Keegan Hardy from Salamanca. Marcus Harrison from St. Francis, who was the winner. Luke Mathias from Pioneer. Uh, Hezekiah Mercado from Kenmore West, Roosevelt Mitchell from Medina, Isaiah Plotz from Franklinville, Ellicottville, Pat Sullivan from Canisius, Delshawn Taylor from Bennett, and Cam Whitaker from West Seneca West. Congratulations, all of you. Job well done. Great job. That is your. Those are your Trench Trophy finalists. All these young men are going to be doing great things in their lives. That's right. Go check out the picture, Marcus Harrison. He's headed to Georgia. And a lot of these kids are going to be uh, headed playing football at the next level. And whether they do or not, they're, they're just uh, great um, to have a part of our community and, and doing great things. We'll um, wrap it up here. Your Monday continues. Three hours of One Bills Live. Show up with the Bulldog later on. I'll join them at 4 o'clock today here. Have a great rest of your Monday on WGR.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 